This program is brought to you by BibleWay Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizer, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 81 is going to be from Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. God does not need help keeping his promises. Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6 read, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven, and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. You see, God had made Abraham a promise. He had made a promise that Abraham was going to be the father of a great nation, and that he was going to have a son, and his lineage was going to go through his son. And so Abraham said, I have no offspring. Abraham realized that he was getting old, older, and in normal everyday account of things, that as you age, it's less likely that you're going to have an heir. And so he said, Eliezer of Damascus is going to be my heir. And God said, no, Abraham, your heir is going to come from your body. He needed to be patient with God. He needed to wait upon God to fulfill his prophecy in his time. But as humans, we become impatient and we want to speed things up. And sometimes we think God needs just a little bit of help to fulfill his promises to us. And that's what Abraham was thinking here. Now, this is not the only time that this happened. Look at Genesis chapter 16, just one more chapter later. Here in Genesis chapter 15, this was Abraham's doing. He said, Eliezer is going to be my descendant. Now, Eliezer was related to Abraham, but he wasn't directly from his body as Isaac would be. Now, Sarah in chapter 16 is going to have this same problem. She's going to think, well, God needs a little bit of help fulfilling his promises. God does not need help keeping his promises. In Genesis chapter 16, Verses 1 through 16, the Bible says, Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai and said to Abraham, Abram, see now, the Lord has restrained me from, be- from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. Then Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. (coughs) So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. 
And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between you and me. So Abram said to Sarai, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the Lord, then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly, so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child, and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Then she called the name of the Lord, who spoke to her, You are the God who sees. For she said, I have also here seen him who sees me. Therefore the well was called Ber Lai Roe. Observe it, observe, it is between Kadesh and Breed. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. Abram was getting older in age. And so Sarai thought, well, we need to help God out a little bit here. It's taking too long. We need to understand as God's people that things happen in God's time not our time. But Sarah and Abram here decided that they were going to help God out a little bit and that since Sarai had not had a child, that they would send Hagar in to be with Abraham. And he would have a child with Hagar. But this was not the child of promise that God had promised them. Ishmael was not going to be the child of promise that Isaac would be later on. But Abram and Sarai tried to help God out. They tried to bring about God's promises in a different way other than what God had promised. Sometimes today we do this type of thing today. We try to bring about God's promises to us in ways that God hasn't promised to us. Whenever we decide to do things differently than God, this is exactly what we're doing. We need to be careful that we are keeping God's promises and we understand that God's going to keep his promises in his own time. In Joshua chapter 22 and verse 45, the Bible says, Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. As we wait on the promises that God has given to us today, especially the promise of eternal life, if we're faithful to him, we need to understand that not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. So if God told Israel something was going to come to pass, guess what? 
it came to pass in God's time. As Abraham grew older, eventually God would allow him to have Isaac. But it would not be until they were beyond childbearing age. And one of the reasons that God would wait until they were beyond childbearing age was to show them that it wasn't them that brought about Isaac. It was him keeping his promise to them to make Abraham a great nation. God kept his word, but he wanted Abram and Sarah to see that it was not by their doing. They were beyond childbearing age. So it was not something that was physically going to happen for them. God had to take care of this. He had to make sure that they were capable of having a child. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. God does not need help keeping his promises. As we go on looking at this, look at Joshua chapter 23 verses 14. Behold this day I am going the way of all the earth. So Moses was about to pass away. And you know in your all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for for you. Not one word of them has failed. This was not Moses, I'm sorry. This was Joshua reminding them as he was about to pass away that God would keep all of their promises. All the things that he had told them, he would keep for them. In verse 15, it says, Therefore it shall come to pass that all, as all the good things have come upon you, which the Lord your God promised you, so the Lord will bring upon you all harmful things until he has destroyed you from the good land which the Lord your God has given you. When you have transgressed, verse 16, the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and have gone and served other gods and bowed down to them, then the anger of the Lord will burn against you, and you shall perish quickly from the good land which he hath given you. So God has said, as long as you keep your end of the deal, I will keep mine. Not one word is going to fail. Everything is going to come to pass. And we see that this happened all throughout Israel's life. If we go to Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12, the Bible says, Then the Lord said to them, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. God always stands ready to perform his word. He is faithful, he is just, and he is always going to keep his promises to us. He does not need our help in keeping his promises. Abraham and Sarah should have waited for the promise of the Lord. But in chapter 15 of Genesis, Abraham said, Eliezer of Damascus is going to be my heir. Then in chapter 16, Sarah got, or she was not willing to wait anymore. And so she sent Hagar in to be with Abraham. And she was unwilling to wait on the promise of God. They both should have understood that God's word never fails. When God makes a promise, he is going to keep his promise. In Lamentations chapter 2 and verse 17, the Bible says, The Lord has done what he purposed. He has fulfilled his word, which he commanded in days of old. He has thrown down and has not pitied. And he has caused an enemy to rejoice over you. He has exalted the horn of your adversaries. 
The Lord has done what he purposed. He has fulfilled his word. He will always do what he has purposed. And he will always fulfill his word. There will never be a time in which God said something is going to happen and it does not happen. In Ezekiel chapter 13 and verse 28, the Bible says, therefore say to them, thus says the Lord God, none of my words will be postponed anymore, but the word which I speak will be done, says the Lord God. And so what we're seeing here is the time of captivity. They go away into Assyrian captivity and then into Babylonian captivity. And God says, I am no longer going to postpone this. And he didn't. They went away for 70 years into Assyrian Babylonian captivity. When God says something is going to happen, it is going to take place. And in this verse in Ezekiel chapter 13 and verse 28, therefore say to them, thus says the Lord God, none of my words will be postponed anymore, but the word which I speak will be done, says the Lord God. There is a time coming where God is going to say this to us as well. In Acts chapter 17, in verses 30 and 31, Jesus said, Truly this time of ignorance God once overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, for he's appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man which he has appointed. You see, that day is coming for us. It came for Israel. God warned them and warned them and warned them if they did not stop following other gods and breaking his law, that they were going to go away into Babylonian captivity. And he gave them chance after chance after chance. But there came a time in which God said, I will no longer postpone my judgment. The same is going to be true of us. God does not need help keeping his promises. There is a day coming. He has promised that. And when that day comes, God is no longer going to postpone his judgment. Judgment is going to come upon the house of God when that happens. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 through 13, the Bible says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Jesus Christ, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Go back now and look at verse 9. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son. You see, God is going to keep his promises. We don't need to help God in keeping his promises. We need to be one, in verse 10, as Christ has called us to be one, to speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you. We don't need to help God in building his church. He has already done that. He has already given us the rules by which govern his church. Paul told the young gospel preacher Timothy in 
First Timothy chapter three, verses 14 and 15. But if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church, the pillar and the ground of the truth. You see, God does not need help in keeping his promises. He will always be faithful to us. He will never break his word. And when he says something, it is going to come true. God does not need help keeping his promises. So as we go about our lives today, let us take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. So as we go about our lives today, Let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.